This is Kate Swoboda, creator of YourCourageousLife.com, director of the Courageous Living Coach Certification at TeamCLCC.com, and author of the book, The Courage Habit, which is available at booksellers and at Amazon. The Your Courageous Life podcast is all about going after what you want and creating and living a more courageous, emotionally resilient life. Might drop a couple of F-bombs, so maybe don't listen with your kids in the backseat of the car. And here we go with today's episode. Hey, everybody. It's Kate. And today's episode is all about a mental shift that I have to confess I am still working on stepping into fully, 100%, but the more I'm practicing it, the better I'm getting at it, and it's helping a lot with all the things that are happening right now with COVID-19 and really feeling on a somatic level the love of the change that we are starting to see socially and yet also feeling the unrest of it as systems get disrupted and as people suffer. And I think that it's applicable to kind of any old time, but in particular, let's talk 2020. And so today's episode is all about finding the opportunity. In particular, finding the opportunity in these times. So I'm going to make a statement that I think is, it feels like a big one for me. It feels like one that again, it's, it's like shoes I'm trying to grow into or something. Here it is. 2020 is not a lost cause. It is an opportunity. 2020 is not a lost cause. It is an opportunity. As far as I'm concerned, and you know, you can do you. This is just me. This is helping me to feel better. This is helping a couple people I've talked about with this they're saying, oh, this is kind of, I kind of feel better when I look at things this way. So here's the opportunity for you. You can try it on, see, see if it fits. 2020 is an opportunity. It's 2020 really is about finding the opportunity inherent in challenges. Now, here's what I'm not saying. Please do not think that I am saying 2020 is just, you know, you just need to look on the bright side and you need to start pooping glitter. Or since I now live in Texas, uh, this is my favorite Texas saying thus far. Don't go pissing on my shoes and trying to tell me it's raining. Isn't that great? (laughs) So many good, good expressions. So, you know, 2020 is freaking hard. Okay. But I'm going to argue that if I were to listen to this podcast episode five years from now, there would still be something in here that I would see as relevant regardless of the circumstances to finding the opportunity that is always inherent in difficulty. So 2020, yes, hard. And here are just a few ways that I'm personally finding the opportunity inherent within difficulty. How about, you know, as you're listening, see if this reframes anything for you and makes it feel a little bit easier to digest. So yes, America in particular and other countries, I'd argue as well, having a powerful awakening around racism and particularly oppression. And there has been fear and chaos in some parts of the country. And yes, sometimes it is shameful and hard to look at all the places where we've been complicit in it. And I would say every single person 
in this country, in any country where there is social unrest, where there is racism, where there is oppression, in some small way, we need to take responsibility and see that in, in some small, sometimes large, sometimes small ways, we have been complicit. But here's the opportunity. We get to stop lying to ourselves. We get to see clearly. We get to do the necessary work of facing our own discomfort that ultimately will save lives. It is incredibly hard to reconcile the fact that lives have been lost and so senselessly. But this reckoning, this necessary work of facing our own discomfort, I think could save lives and not just save lives, but also treat every human life with value while our fellow humans are still living rather than this ridiculous hindsight nonsense that particularly the U.S. does over and over and over where yet another black or indigenous or person of color is killed and then everyone waxes poetic about how it's such a tragedy and then everybody forgets it. We're not forgetting it this time. The opportunity here is that we get to stop freaking creating tragedies. That's a good opportunity. Yes, Let's look at another thing. We are living through a pandemic and we're feeling isolated. Opportunity. Truly understand that we need each other. This is like an all caps statement that I think deserves repeating. We need each other. I mean, I'll just put it on me for an example of what I mean by this. You know, how many times in the pre-COVID world did I say, I'm just too introverted to accept the invitation for the party, pause and really stop to listen and connect with someone talking at the store? How many times did I use introversion, this label I've put on myself as a reason to text instead of actually getting together for dinner? How many of you have noticed that since the pandemic started that you used to think, you know, avoid certain social situations or, oh, travel, it would be too overwhelming. And now looking at life and going, God, I wish I could travel. I would deal with the overwhelm to travel. I wish that I could have my friends over for dinner or go see them. So opportunity. How can I see now that that story, that label of being introverted was being used in a way that was kind of BS, you know? You know, the, this idea, like, why not just say, um, I'm not feeling up for it this week, this too introverted thing, because it can, you know, these labels, they can be very constricting. And I, f- I feel like there's an opportunity to see that now. Even someone introverted still wants and craves actual in-person connection. And I don't think I was prioritizing it enough pre-COVID. So how can I start prioritizing that now? Maybe in-person isn't going to be what I'm going to, you know, do, but Where do I now go? Oh, you know, I don't want to get on another Zoom call. I was like, well, but that's my friend and that's the only time I'm going to get to connect with them. Am I just going to go the next couple years until COVID is over? Not connecting with, no, get on the Zoom call, Kate. So prioritize it now. And then how can I take this learning with me into a post-COVID world? Will I go back into a post-COVID world and squander the opportunity that this learning has presented and go straight back into old patterns? I hope not. And speaking of the pandemic, yes, 
it is absolutely painful and difficult to shelter in place. And the ricochet of loss through our economy is crazy and people are without work. And yet here's a possible opportunity. It is because so many people were home from work that so many of them decided to show up and start demanding more from our elected leaders. It is because so many people were home from work that our elected leaders actually had to listen for once. Now, we have finally now passed legislation in the United States in the House of Representatives, finally, that identifies lynching as a hate crime. I mean, seriously, think about this. Legislation to identify lynching as a hate crime has been introduced over and over and over for decades now, as early as freaking 1922. Now, this is still not over because as I'm recording this, currently, Senator Rand Paul is intentionally holding up the bill so that it doesn't become federal law. So there's still work to do. But, by the way, If Senator Rand Paul is your representative, get your butt on the phone. Call his office. Because this is crazy that we cannot just simply call a thing a thing. Lynching is a hate crime. This should be recognized at the federal level. So there is still work to do. But after 100 freaking years of trying to get this kind of legislation passed, it's finally getting at least a bit of traction and, and like I said, you know, we have these opportunities. We have an opportunity right now to apply pressure and really get everything going. And another opportunity, notice which of our elected persons are opposing this kind of legislation. Get awareness out there so that those people don't get reelected. Let's talk about being without work, which is hard and scary as hell. There's an opportunity here to decide if your past career really wasn't working for you to change careers, if you weren't being treated well, if you were on the fence anyway. And my heart is really with those people who are like, no, I loved what I did and I can't do it right now. And it's hard. I'm not saying it's an easy opportunity to have to confront losing a job facing financial hardships, not at all. Personal growth circles often present opportunities as if there are only the upsides, no downsides, when the nuance in between is that actually there is no perfect situation without pros and cons. There is no perfect situation without pros and cons. But I definitely know there are people who are looking at this as an opportunity because when I enrolled in, uh, enrolled for the Courageous Living Coach certification, a number of people have been sharing with me that they're looking at joining our coach training program and pivoting to coaching, and they hadn't been happy for a while. They'd been wanting to become a coach for a while, and now COVID has opened up this opportunity for these other revenue streams. I just saw an article on LinkedIn the other day that, you know, here are the top 10 careers that people are pivoting to during COVID and coaching was number five. Again, though, I really want to make sure I'm heard on this and that you feel understood. I am not at all saying that, oh, just pivot. It's easy. No, 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 no. I'm saying that even in difficulty, there are opportunities. 
For full context, by the way, I grew up poor and what I now know is called food insecure. I didn't know what it was called when we didn't always know where our next, next meal was coming from, but food insecure as a child. And I think the threat of losing our home was always in the background. We had utilities turned off. We ran out of gas and were stranded by the side of the road. And I share that because I don't want anyone to think that I don't get it what it really looks like to live your life on a thin financial margin. I've been there. But I will also share, here's the opportunity in that experience, and I'll share it in case there are any parents who are afraid of how financial insecurity might be affecting their kids too. May you take comfort in this. As an adult now, I can truly say, I don't take a material resource in my life for granted ever. That was true for me even pre-COVID. Ever. Not my house, not food, not a car, not electricity, not water. I don't take any of that for granted. I am so grateful all the time for those things. And how that experience of growing up poor shaped me and became an opportunity is that I genuinely see the suffering of others and that has motivated me to bake, I guess you could say, help for others into every financial gain I've ever made. I don't look down on anyone because they don't have a lot of money because I've been that person whose family was looked down on for not having a lot of money. So the opportunity of financial adversity for me has been that now I'm grateful for every penny. And I also see it as my divine obligation to share every penny. I donate to not one, not two, but five different organizations every time I run a paycheck for myself. So you should know if you have ever bought anything from me, your money has gone to the support of not just me, but to others. As an aside, as someone who grew up poor, seeing wealthy people participate in charitable work as a sort of performance, I often have felt uncomfortable and thus don't talk about the donations or the volunteer work that I've been doing. What's important to me is that I do it, not that I tell everyone else about it. Another thing that's been hard as we walk through this pandemic is for the parents out there managing childcare and education. You know, with my daughter being an only child with, with shelter in place, that means she's literally alone when my husband or I am working. And sometimes that's really been upsetting to her and she's been very lonely. And then I feel guilty because I'm either putting her in front of screens or telling her that she has to play on her own. And of course, my husband and I are playing with her, but we can't do it 24-7. And I was talking about this, and a friend recently pointed out the opportunity inherent in this for me is that, and for my daughter, is that boredom sparks imagination. Boredom often sparks imagination. I thought, oh, yeah. Also, the more lonely she is, the more she's going to value human relationships later. Or again, being bored, find innovative ways to entertain herself and people knowing how to entertain themselves is a good thing in life. And we'll continue, of course, spending time with our daughter, but instead of feeling this pressure to sort of save her from her feelings, I think that reframe lets me see that there are byproducts of resiliency that can develop. 
Another thing that can be hard, especially since the pandemic, but again, five years ago, five years from now, I think this will still be relevant, time management. Many of you, it was hard even before the pandemic. So what if the pandemic becomes your opportunity to double down on time management, to truly get ruthless about weeding out the things you spend time on that don't bring you joy or fulfillment? Now, again, do I wish that I had more time than I currently have? Do you too? Am I, am I saying pretend you don't wish that you had more time? No, well, of course I wish I had more time. And of course I'm not saying that you're supposed to pretend you don't yearn to have more time. But it is an opportunity. And one that has arisen for me is that now I'm waking up earlier most days to get time to myself before the workday begins. And You know, for years, this is where labels become constricting. For years, I told myself that I just, quote, wasn't a morning person. And I had this whole, it's a biochemical thing. It's biological. I have this whole story about how I'm not a morning person because I had tried to get up early before and I'd never made it stick. Well, turns out I am a morning person, actually. And starting out the day with this habit is one that I plan to take with me into the post-COVID world. I like getting up earlier. I like how quiet the world is in the morning. So where are these places where you might have a label that you have for yourself around who you are, what your biochemistry is, what your neurological or processing is around time and task management, and where can you question that? So I've been giving several examples that are just some of the opportunities I'm seeing. So now I turn the question over to you. Think about your life. Think about the things you're struggling with. What what are the opportunities that you see? You could take a piece of paper, write down the top three things that have been bugging you lately. What are the opportunities? The way I try to think of my life, and this is me, you do you, as always, is that rather than take the circumstances that come my way, circumstances like COVID, and say, gosh, gee, nothing much that can be done here, I try to accept the circumstances and then reframe them. So I accept that what is happening is happening rather than deny that it's happening or numb out to the fact that it's happening, and then when I have touched into some space of acceptance that this is what it is, this is what's happening in this moment, I look for where I might want to create something new. This is a very awkward and intentional practice at first, by the way. At first, it feels very like step by step by step. I'm describing it in a very fluid way, but at first it's very like, noticing that you're going into the old pattern, then going, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, breathe. Okay. What is actually happening here? And then that feels like this big thing to even just identify. And then how do I start to accept what is happening here? Not accept as in just saying it's okay, but just it is what it is. It is happening. I'm not saying COVID is okay. I'm saying it is what's happening right now. That's the reality of it. And then where might I create something new? And when we're talking about creating something new, sometimes creating something new means saying that I'm 
creating something new entirely, like deciding to create an entirely new morning habit of getting up earlier. Other times creating something new is a mental reframe. Like deciding that instead of bemoaning COVID over and over, I'm going to look for the opportunities. I do this because it's what builds resilience and what feels better for me. If it doesn't feel better for you, you don't need to do it, right? And I keep peppering those sorts of statements in because people are very resistant to the idea of finding an opportunity. People, for as much as they talk about wanting things to feel better or be better or, or be different, often cling to the old ways of being. So you try it on for you and see if finding the opportunity feels any better. What I understand about life is that I don't know of anyone who has lived a life without experiencing adversity. So I choose to accept that challenges and adversity are part of everyone's life. And then having accepted the fact that whatever challenges, challenges and adversity I face, they exist, then I ask myself if I want to create something new. Do I want to work to upend that adversity? And or do I want to reframe how I think about that adversity? And typically, I'm consciously trying to do both. And again, at first it feels weird and awkward. And for years, because it felt weird and awkward, I dismissed that approach. And I lumped it in with the people who advocate sparkly affirmations and spiritual bypass. And I see a lot of that online where people are uncomfortable with something, so they have to attack it and say, you're trying to, you know, fakey fake your way through this. Not always. Yes, some of that's out there. What I'm talking about is not about being fake and pretending things that are hard aren't hard. They are. And now what are you going to do? The opportunity, finding that opportunity, I think makes things feel better, makes things more possible. What I'm actually doing is not slapping an affirmation on something or trying to bypass negative feelings. I acknowledge and accept the reality of the situation when it sucks. You can do that too. You can own the fact that it feels hard, feels painful. You wish it were different. And you can accept what you feel and be honest about what you feel. And you can ask yourself what you want to create or reframe. What do you have control over? You have control over your intentions and where you place your attention and whether you react or respond. So choose to be as conscious and awake with your intentions and your attention as possible and as wherever you can try to respond rather than react. And I encourage you to aim high with your intentions. You don't need to be realistic. Aim high with your intentions. Aim high with where you want to place your attention. Aim high with where you want to create. Yeah, look for where those places are where you might play small by towing the line of the status quo. Well, you know, racism has just always existed. I don't know how much there is to do. There's, there's quite a bit that we can do. There's quite a bit we can change. Well, you know, it's a pandemic. I mean, everything's just, no, 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 no. What if something really big and incredible is possible during the pandemic? Go big with what you create or reframe. 
So again, if this appeals to you at all, an exercise you could try is to sit down and write down the top three problems that you currently face, the biggest things, the things that feel weighty, and then ask yourself, where do I need to accept that it is just a fact that this problem exists? And I know that there are some people who would even take issue with defining things as problems. Don't use the word problem. I'm in the camp of when it feels like a problem, let's just start with what it feels like. We can reframe it a little bit as an opportunity in a moment, but first let's just go, it sucks. It's a problem. It's hard. I hate it. Whatever it is. So fully accepting that it is a current limitation or feels that way, that it sucks or feels that way, that it arouses pain or that's the perception that it triggers you in some way. So if your mother-in-law is on the list of problems, you need to accept that her way of being drives you nuts. If COVID is on the list of problems, you need to accept that it's difficult. If financial insecurity or shit shows are on your list, you need to cry the tears of fear that are just under the surface that's real. Then, having gotten really real about the truth of what is and accepted that currently it, it just is what it is, ask yourself, where would I like to shift this? And I'd say, write down everything that comes to you. Perhaps what you will write down is a shift related to your behavior. Perhaps what you will write down is a belief system that you've held and that actually you're like, you know what? I'm committed to reframing that until I no longer believe that old thing because it hurts to believe that thing. I can choose to start believing the newer thing that is more resonant. This idea that you can choose what you want to believe, I think is a very powerful one. And it will dictate a lot about how you feel in the months to come. Because if you choose to believe that the pandemic is awful and hopeless and has no opportunities, you will probably feel like crap. And if you choose to believe that the pandemic is difficult, but that you are committed to finding your way through, that you are going to emerge on the other side of this, a different person in all the best ways. It will say something about how you handle the next couple of months. I keep thinking about how, (laughs) and this is kind of funny to think about, but I'll kind of think about it like, you know, If I can find patience during a pandemic, if I can find grace during a pandemic, if I can get better at time management during a pandemic, if I can navigate fear around financial uncertainty even better during a pandemic, how badass am I going to be on the other side of this? So that's what I would invite you into as well. For the rest of your life, you're going to be able to look back on that and go, I survived a pandemic. I'm good. What I believe is that when you start focusing on finding the opportunity, you find the opportunity. You let go of old limitations. Something in you takes flight. And that, that's everything. It does not mean you'll bypass pain. So if you are feeling pain as you start to look at some of these things, You're normal. You're not doing it wrong. You won't bypass the pain. 
but the pain will no longer stop you completely. And that gives you a fuller experience of this thing that we call life. All right, that's today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You know you can continue the work and the fun if you want to. Head on over to yourcourageouslife.com forward slash begin and become a Your Courageous Life subscriber because as soon as you sign up, you get access to an entire library of worksheets and audios and other bonuses. And of course, you'll be receiving more courage in your inbox and who wouldn't love that? You can learn more about the Courageous Living Coach Certification at teamclcc.com. You can get the Courage Habit at your local bookseller, on Amazon, wherever you like. We can even connect on social media. I'm on Facebook at Your Courageous Life. So look for facebook.com forward slash Your Courageous Life. And I'm on Instagram as Kate Courageous. And I'd love to connect with you on Instagram. So here's to you using these courageous tools in your life and creating a real ripple effect of good. And again, thanks so much for listening. I love it that you're here.